Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to the Support SD Local podcast, episode number two. I am your host, Kelly Don Noel Swan, and I'm so stoked to be at Sun and Salt Studio for another heartfelt conversation. Today, I'm so grateful to have the absolute pleasure of introducing one of the kindest San Diego locals I know. She is a self-healing enthusiast, a mental health advocate. She is burning stereotypes and is busting through the grass ceiling. Her work to support cannabis-based businesses owned by some truly inspiring women of color has opened my eyes to a new and life-changing industry of healing, and I am so stoked to be sitting down with San Diego's very own Ivory of Ivory Anoamp. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here um, because I think that this conversation and this event of you and I coming together means the world to me because of how we met and because of what we've shared together. And for anyone who's listening, um, we met at one of our dear friends uh, vulnerability events. Her name is Christina and she does Secrets of Sunshine and we met and got to bond instantaneously over sharing everything and anything <laughs> yeah. in a very short period of time and it was beautiful. Um, so I think that from what was shared at that event really does kind of open my eyes to a, a different level of appreciation for you being here today. So thank you so much, Ivory. That means so much, honestly. Yes. And I, honestly, I really feel like that event kind of, it was the push that I needed to kind of put myself out there and start making connections like this, like yeah. you. So <laughs> one thing, actually, one thing that's funny is, um, like I said, I was so nervous about doing this and um, I told you a little bit about my day, <laughs> so it was really hectic, and, um, uh, my partner was like, well, if it's really, you know, if it's really bugging you that much, like, maybe you should reschedule, like, maybe you should take some time to, like, reevaluate why you're doing this, and, um, just, like, listen to yourself, and I <laughs> looked at him, and I was like, but you don't understand, <laughs> Kelly, I was like, if oh. it was else. <laughs> I was like, we met at a vulnerability event. I was like, we shared so much of each other, like shared so much of each other with each other mm-hmm. as strangers. So why wouldn't I come to just have a conversation Aww. with you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and you're just, like I said earlier, uh, you would have been so great about it. If I bailed, if I told you, like if, if I asked to reschedule, you would have just been so open. You would have just been so caring. And then I would have just been like, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so this is, this is amazing. And this is pushing me out of my comfort zone. So I am so grateful to you because that is the chapter of my life that I'm in right now. And you are a huge part of it. Oh, <laughs> like, thank you. Of course. That means the world to me. And honestly, I think that that's so much of like what I want to do here with the podcast is to be able to give people the time and the space and the opportunity to just be heard and be seen and to share their story and things like that. So that was definitely something that I felt, you know, very much called to do for you to be able to say like, no, like you've got some really rad things that I want all these people to hear about. So I'm so stoked that you're here. I'm so grateful that you were able to overcome all of the feelings that we all go through when we're put on the spot like this. And I'm, I'm so stoked to have you here. Um, so 
for anyone who doesn't already know you or knows kind of what you do, can you give me a little bit of, you know, your uh, introduce yourself and a little bit about you, a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into your story. Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Ivory. <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, I work in the cannabis industry and I am also a forex trader. So basically I help people learn about how cannabis helps you versus, um, oh, how, how it helps you medicinally versus like what people kind of stigmatize it as. Mm -hmm. um, my main passion um, lies with changing the stigma around cannabis because I really, I really want people to see it as something that's beneficial, something that's medicinal, not something that is just like a gateway drug. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, because it is still, like the stigma is still very heavy. Um, and not only that, like the industry is, is starting to become legal federally or you know, little by like, little. We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> and so what's happening now is certain communities are being left behind, primarily like people of color in this industry. So that is like where my passions lie. I really want women to stay in the industry. I really want women of color and people of color to get into this industry and stay because honestly, like if you look at history, like People of color, communities of color are the people who have been thrown in jail, beaten, like just constantly degraded for their uses of it. And so when they legalized it in California, now you see posters of people doing yoga and people, you know, doing all these activities, smoking mm -hmm. weed, like, and it's great, but you only ever see white people or white passing people. Yes. And that's, that's where my issue is. I guess, because the people being punished for it aren't being marketed, what's the word, aren't being yeah. portrayed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and it's great, like, white people obviously <laughs> use this cannabis, like, but that's what I want to show. Mm -hmm. And so, my main goal and passion is to get communities of color educated so that they know how to get into the industry, how to... Um, speak about cannabis, how to honestly just how to use it because there are still people who use it to get high, um, but they don't really realize that it's more than that. Like, mm -hmm. it's more than just, oh, this like feeling in my head, like whatever. You use it to feel comfortable, like, you use it to come back down to yourself. At least for me personally, it the best way I can describe it, it makes me feel like myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not able to be authentic unless I'm comfortable. And it is very hard for me to be comfortable in social social settings, especially new ones. Mm -hmm. So cannabis is one thing that has really, really changed the game for me. And like I said, like it made me kind of come out of my shell and like be able to participate in things. Um, the vulnerability event, like, yeah, uh, I, um, I think I had an edible before that. Cause I was like, this is going to get real. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to cry. Like, so I just need, I need like a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what cannabis is. It's help. And that's what I want people to start seeing it as. 
And I think I kind of went off on a tangent, honestly. No, but I love it. I mean, I love that you're so yeah. passionate about it. Because again, I think that I think that everything that you're saying is so true that I've seen so many people in my life. I mean, like back when I was in high school, you know, when there was no knowledge of it, back when it was very much illegal and there was massive stigmas around it, surrounding all of these issues of who was smoking it, why they were smoking it, like where they were smoking it, like all of these things. And you were judged and labeled and cast out, you know, back then, especially. I mean, that wasn't very long ago. Like, I'm not that old, you know? <laughs> you know? And even now where it is legal, there's so many people who have misunderstandings based on times when it was illegal, thinking that it was this terrible thing. And I mean, like, there were campaigns. They, like, there were massive efforts made oh to demonize this there substance. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and like, the idea of it being the same level as something like heroin or cocaine oh or things gosh. like that is mind-blowing to me because I've seen it, whether it be cancer patients. I mean, like, I have a dear mm. friend who luckily has been able to overcome breast cancer but discovered cannabis use while she was in her treatments mm. and said that it was one of, it was the only thing that gave her true relief. Mm. And she's a mother. She has children, young children, young girls who are very impressionable, but she found that balance. And again, it was something mm. where it's like, we need to start talking about this substance in a way that brings people together rather than pushes people out into these corners. And the idea of how many people are behind bars, even still today, based on charges that are now, like, that, that now no longer exist. Yeah. Like, you know, like these laws no longer exist, but these people are still suffering for those things. And for minor, minor, so like. Yeah, they are so small, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy to me, especially to think that, in my mind, smoking pot compared to being in jail, I definitely think one of those things is going to damage a person far more than the other. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing where it's like there are good people that are in jail going through horrible traumas because they're there based off of laws that no longer exist. And it's wild. And so that's why, like, I've been drawn so much to the work that you do because I do think that you have a beautiful way of bringing all of those worlds together into a safe place to talk about it in a very positive way to say like, no, this is not about getting stoned. No, this is not about like sitting on the couch, like smoking a bowl and like eating Lay's potato chips. Like I'm sure that there are lots of people who still very much enjoy that too. Like no problem there. Yeah. But you know that there also are these like massive benefits that people can enjoy mm -hmm. and that there are options like you know they're smoking there's edibles there's cbd like there's mm -hmm. so many different avenues now that aren't really being talked about and that there's not a lot of knowledge out there and yeah. so somebody like you who's so easy to you have this energy about you that is so warm and so welcoming that i think that you make it you make it very easy to to kind of open yourself up to that conversation and i think that you make people feel very safe so that you can talk about it and not feel ashamed of yourself, either for being a part of it or not being a part of it. Because I think that there's also that issue, that yeah. sometimes people who use it look at people who don't and think that, you know, those are the ones that are, like, sticking the mugs. Like, oh, like, I can't even think of the old-fashioned, like, names that people would call it, you know. But it, it was, like, it's something that people called each other in, the, like, the 20s or something like that. But, yeah, it's, like, you think that you're, like, stuck up or something. It's, like we're all just people just trying to figure ourselves out. Like, Honestly. this is just something that can help. It is. So yeah. I love that. I mean, and so 
through the work that you're doing now, like through, you know, like trying to build these bonds in community, where do you see yourself wanting to kind of push it to? Like where, where is that, that like dream of yours? Where do you want this all to be? Yeah. Well, honestly, um, something that I've been kind of fiddling with, you will understand I've been fiddling with, but too scared to actually kind of think in depth and research about, um, I really want to create a community, like a community of women in North County where we, uh, a a cannabis community, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be clear, where we first like, you know, kind of connect and like introduce each other and, um, build, I guess. Hold on. (laughs) No worries. Okay. So I want to create a cannabis community in North County of women who are conscious consumers. I want us all to learn, I guess, together about, because there are so many different cannabinoids right now. Everyone in the world has an endocannabinoid system. Um, And so the way that cannabis kind of works is it has hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of cannabinoids. And so the ones that are most popular, most people are most familiar with are THC, which is the psychoactive component, CBD, which is the non-psychoactive component, and then there are a few other ones that are coming to light, like CBG and CBN. So there's still just so much to be learned. There's so much knowledge that we don't know yet. So I would really want the community to be education, like founded, like everybody is constantly learning from each other, from, you know, what um, articles are being written, and eventually like put on events where people like come and teach us in the community but also to help promote women-owned businesses because it the cannabis industry started off as a women-dominated industry really yeah it did there was um if i remember correctly it was 70 to 80 percent women and then the rest were men but wow once it became it started to get legalized the men came in with all the money mm-hmm. and then kind of pushed the women out. So <laughs> I would like to curate a community where we support each other. So women-owned businesses, like women of color-owned businesses as well. Um, and then I'm a huge believer in the fact that advertising is going towards like word of mouth and like digital media and, you know, digital entrepreneurship. So like, Eventually, I feel like community is going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to start building it now. Like, I want to start, like, a foundation of growth, I guess. So that, like I said, we have educational events. We have, like, women-owned businesses that we're constantly promoting. Um, But it's also, like, a safe space for people who are curious. Like, people who have no idea about it but they have nowhere, no idea where to go. Like, because there are so many people that I come across and they're just like, oh, like I've heard about it, but I don't really want to go to a dispensary. Mm -hmm. But it's like, people don't know, like they're selling them at gas stations. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can go to like CVS and find CBD. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I'm, I'm like a huge advocate for buying like your weed from people you know, like Mm -hmm. women specifically, (laughs) but also like people you know, because it's the way that the industry is going is you can never be too sure 
what's going into the plants or what's going into the products that people are creating just because it is still new Mm -hmm. and there isn't a lot of research like being done so like the one thing I always tell people is to at least speak to whoever you are buying from and ask them questions and make sure they have an idea because you can you can tell even if you aren't familiar with the plant I feel like you can tell when someone's like BSing you yeah (laughs) yeah you can be like I don't think that's right but okay but okay thanks (laughs) and so um so that's really what I want to do that's where like my like heart is right now and I just honestly am just trying to figure out how to do that yeah how to let myself do that yeah, I feel, I feel like you and I are on the same page with that with what we're doing. No, but I it's like but I love that so much because I I totally agree with you where whether or not a person is you know a user if they take part in the use of cannabis of any kind mm-hmm. I don't think that there's enough information out there mm-hmm. and it can be really hard. You know, I think that there's a lot of people who are very nervous about trying CBD. I mean, my grandmother, we were shopping the other day and she saw a yoga advertisement with a woman who was vaping a CBD pen. And she looked over at me and was like, doesn't CBD get you high? And she, and nothing else, just that. <laughs> I had to turn around and, you know, we weren't going to dive into a really deep conversation, <laughs> but I had to turn around and be like, no, it's the non-psychoactive version of it. And she was like, so if you do smoke, what psychoactive, is it like you doing acid? I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. This is, yeah, 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 hold on, we're getting away. No, too much. But yeah, it was like, it, it's it's all of these, you know, and it's like, and that's my grandmother. And, mm-hmm. and she has never been a user and probably will never be a user. And that's totally fine. And hasn't been exposed to any of that. And she's never had a need. But if there's more people out there who have that same mentality of just simply confused and just not aware, and the only thing that they do know is what has been projected at them via D.A.R.E. or advertising that tries to take down certain markets and industries very actively, (laughs) and, you know, different things like that, and just, like, people who aren't supportive of it, then people get these ideas in their head that it's this terrible substance And yes, it can be used recklessly. And Mm -hmm. yes, it can be used to a point where it's not safe. But so can Xanax. Mm -hmm. I mean, so can Tylenol. A lot of other things. Yeah. So many things. So many things. So many things that are very legal and still do good. And I think that that's something that I really hope that people can, that we can get to that point where there can be enough knowledge and enough education out there. And like through the work that you're doing, hopefully we can get to that place where people can say, you know, same thing with alcohol. When used in moderation and used responsibly, it can be something that people enjoy. Uh-huh. But in my personal opinion, cannabis takes it to another level where it's also providing Benefits a medical benefit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, it is subscribed to... Subscribed? Prescribed. There we go. <laughs> like, hold on, that sounds wrong. Yes, prescribed to, you know, to cancer patients for a reason, for people who are suffering, truly suffering, and being able to find that kind of relief. And, you know, a doctor is standing there saying, there's nothing else on the market that's going to help you like this plant. Like, 
why aren't we talking about that? You know, like, and, and why are we interested in yeah. that? You know? So I love that. I, I'm, I, I love and appreciate the fact that what you're doing, because again, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people who want to do very similar things to you, but it's more of a recreational focus, yeah, which that's is, what, which, which is fine. Yeah, which is great. Like, yeah. I, like I am, I'm also like all for like, I have, I don't do it as much, but, you know, I've been there, like, where I get super high. Like, yeah. my tolerance <laughs> is very high, so, like, I do consume a lot. I do consume heavily. Um, but, like, the events that I go to, that's why my tolerance is high. Those business events, everybody is smoking and, like, you know, networking, which is great. But, you know, sometimes that's not a place where, you know, someone who's a newbie can go mm-hmm. like, and feel comfortable. Yeah. Or be safe, honestly, because that is like the secondhand smoke alone is just insane. Yeah. So I want to make kind of curious, friendly events, I guess. <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. And, and truly a safe space for people to, to not be judged. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Ask questions. And also, I mean, like, have opportunities to look at products to find what's good for them, what works for them. Because I think that with that lack of knowledge and with that lack of information out there for people who are curious and using it medicinally for for pains, for anxiety, for PTSD, for all of these things that can be truly, like, it can be life-changing for some people, you know. But to look at it and say, like, everyone does experience it differently and that can be kind of scary mm-hmm. and I think that with all the stigmas that have been around it it's like no if I smoke I'm gonna get stoned it's like not necessarily yeah. not unless you want to yeah. if you want to there's definitely a way to do it <laughs> exactly. it's pretty easy to get that done uh-huh. but if you don't want to be high if you want to do this responsibly if you are trying to you know help some kind of ailment that you're dealing with it is possible yeah and it's it really is something that I think that there is such an opportunity there for good people to come together and to just wash away the the shame that they either project onto others or that they're feeling themselves. Absolutely. And that to me is beautiful work. I love that you're doing this. Like the idea of being of providing a space for people to let go of those pains, those emotional pains. Like that's incredible. And I feel like it's so real. Like everybody has them. Cause I know like me personally, like I just, I just recently started like showing cannabis on like Instagram, um, like maybe a few months ago. Cause like the self stigma is so real mm-hmm. and that stuff it's, it like, it hurts, honestly. Like it's crazy because like just talking, like thinking about it right now, like I'm getting emotional, but it's like, I like had this idea of what everybody thought of me and I like graduated college like I like I did the whole like career thing like I did all of that stuff but then it just kind of it like didn't make me happy like it kind of like you know my life kind of just hit this like place where I like went into this really really dark spot so when cannabis was the only thing that helped me like when that was the only thing that made me feel like me again it was really hard to accept that nobody else could see that. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for me to want to share that because everybody was so, like, negative about it. Everybody was like, oh, so you, you smoke pot now? Like, oh, are you a pothead? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, maybe, okay? like, And maybe um, that that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and that's like, a thing where it's like, if it is legal, and I, I mean... 
I feel really bad if anyone's listening to this and they're not in a state where it's legal. You know, like, heart goes out to those people. But, (laughs) But, you know, it's like if you are in a state where it is legal and what you are doing as a consenting adult is mm-hmm. totally okay, those are the people we're talking to, then I feel like they're just, they're, like, that is something, that that is a kind of turmoil yeah. that pe- that so many people are dealing with that is so unnecessary, yeah. you know, to, but at the same time, like, to hear something like your story, to to have come from you know, a place of being hurt and to be struggling and for this substance to be the thing that actually helped you out of it mm-hmm. and to help you help you grow and grow into yourself. Like that's that's an incredible thing. That's an incredible story, which I think is gonna be our next thing. <laughs> I would love. And when we I mean when we were at the vulnerability event, we had hours to go through <laughs> our story. So like I get it. We don't have to go through all of the details, but I would love to give people a little bit of context and go back a little bit into your story and and kind of talk about whatever it is that you're comfortable with, but to kind of talk about how you got to the place that you were when you found that you needed something else. And then that transition of having to find your own peace in cannabis and finding your own balance to say what was right for you and how you wanted to move forward in it. So go back as far as you want and come forward as fast as you want. <laughs> but I, I want I want to share your story and like how you've gotten to this place. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, honestly, I say honestly, but I get nervous. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> um, no need to be nervous. <laughs> Um, I guess, I don't really know. I never know where to start. Like, even at the vulnerability event, I was like, well, when I was born. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, that's a good place to start like that. I mean, that's where it started. But how about, like, let's talk about where, let's kind of talk about, I know that there was lots of, we talked about your childhood and, like, you, like, coming into, like, your own, like, into womanhood and, like, kind of going through your struggles. So, Let's give a little bit of background as far as, like, your upbringing and, like, kind of what you went through at that time. And then, again, like, finding your way through the struggles to where you are today. Okay, for sure. Um, So, I would say I grew up... My childhood was a little complicated. I grew up in California, Oahu. I grew up and um, American Samoa. So I kind of moved literally to all three places every so often. Um, But Hawaii is home to me. Uh, I am full Samoan though, (laughs) just to be clear. Uh, And so I was raised in a very Christian household. Um, My grandparents are pastors. Uh, My aunt and uncle are pastors. My auntie is an assistant pastor. Growing up, my dad was the youth pastor. Um, so so no pressure. <laughs> none whatsoever. Um, so I was constantly, I lived at church. If I wasn't at school or asleep, like I was at church. And that was my life. So religion was a huge part of my life. And um, I personally went through a lot of trauma um, in church specifically. Um, Every single kind of bad memory or uncomfortable memory or trigger (laughs) that I have um, stemmed from an incident that happened in church. Not necessarily like while church was going on, but 
Um, I was literally always at church. So even when there weren't services taking place, there were Bible studies, there were um, choir practices, there were like pastor meetings that I was always at. So I was always on the grounds of church and being the pastor's kids, you get a lot of attention. Uh, and so, like I said, I don't want to go into too much depth, but a lot of things took place at church that made me kind of question whether or not church was the place for me. Um, my relationship with God has stayed pretty steady throughout the years, uh, but church specifically, I just had never been a fan of. Mm-hmm. And so all these things, all these things happened and I pushed it down. Like this was from me, like my adolescent years up until I was about 14 and then my parents moved us to California. And so, uh, so it's, it was great. Like it was a whole new life. Like I finally lived with my mom and my dad and my brother, which I had never done my entire life. So I was like, you know, like I'm going to go to high school. Like it's just, it's just us. Like life is going to be fantastic. And, and things were really good. Things Things were great (laughs) compared to how they used to be. Um, But I hadn't dealt with a lot of the trauma that had happened. So in high school, I couldn't see it. But right now, looking back, I was wild. (laughs) (laughs) I was just out of this world wild. Like the things that I would say, I was very aggressive with like, not necessarily with like, like in a violent way, but I was very aggressive for like, how I said things or Mm -hmm. if I like what I believed or like what I deemed to be right. I was just, it's my way or get out of the way. (laughs) There was all of this and it, it was me rebelling a lot. And so my parents like couldn't understand it. They were just like, what is wrong with you? Like, and a kid who's dealing with all this trauma, like that's not really the question you want to hear because you're just like a solid question, mom. I don't know. You tell me. Like, mm-hmm. um, so like that was, I was just in a really, that's where I feel like my dark place kind of started. Um, but I was so set on faking it till I made it. And I had painted this whole picture as soon as I graduated and I left for college, like that was my new start. Like everything's going to go amazing. And I'm going to be my own person. I'm going to take over the world. Like (laughs) nobody can stop me. You know, like I had just, I had put it on this pedestal of, of this was it. This was going to be my time. Like I just had to do X, Y, and Z, which was graduate high school. And your girl was good. Like she Mm -hmm. could be God. Um, so I did it. I did the deed. I graduated high school. I got accepted to college. (laughs) I moved into the dorms, everything in my mind, like, was set. I was like, this is it. This is me. I'm ready. Like, watch out world. Cool. Um, but so I ended up my freshman year. It was actually the ending of my sophomore year. Um, I went to a party. Parties are college things. And I ended up, um, I ended up, I ended up getting taken advantage of, um, and it was a lot, and it was more than all of the traumatic experiences that had led up 
to this moment. And so from that point on, um, it actually kind of, what's the word? It's, I can't think of the word right now, but I, a lot of memories that I had pushed down kind of came flooding up. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't just have to deal with the trauma that happened in college. I had to deal with all of the trauma that I had ignored up until this point and all of the memories that I had done so well at burying just kept coming up. So from that point on, <laughs> so from that point on, um, I pushed it all back down again. Like I was like, <laughs> at this point I was like, I just have to get through college and it'll be fine. <laughs> like, I have two, three more years. Um, I thought I had two more years, so <laughs> I actually had three, but I was like, I have two more years and I am free. Like, it's cool. Like we're going to, we're going to get like, chill out. Like you got this, <laughs> like rub some dirt in it or something like, and so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even, I don't think I ever talked about it ever again. Um, but it was crazy because like that happened. And then like, I broke up with like my boyfriend at the time and he was like my first love. Like, so I was, I was completely like broken as a person, but like I said, like rub some dirt in it or we got this, like, we'll be cool. And, and I was, I absolutely was, I graduated college. Like I did what I said I was going to do. Um, but then I got a job at a nonprofit organization and it was amazing. I loved it. It was my favorite job. Um, uh, I worked with kiddos with developmental disabilities and we worked with kiddos who were on the autism spectrum specifically uh, and specifically kiddos who were on like who were moderate to severe. And we dealt with uh, like ages from 12 to 22 years old. Okay. And so that job was just physically um, demanding. And so I loved it. I loved it so much. And it like, it really breaks my heart. Like every time I think about it, but, um, but so I ended up having like a specific case where like my kiddo kind of was very aggressive. He bit all the time. Like it was his favorite thing to do. It was like a game. So I had bruises like all, so all over my arms, like all over my legs, like literally up until like my mid thigh. I was just brown, black and blue. And like, it got to the point where even my dad was like, hey, like, I know that I'm not trying to tell you what to wear, but uh, you're, you know, you got to think about your partner. Like he is black, like, and you look abused like I just need you to be aware of this like mm -hmm. like you can't you just you just you have to yeah like this it's is not something, something that we want to be aware of but it exactly, is very much something is. that we yeah. have to yeah mm -hmm. and so and so that like there was a lot of guilt with that too because I loved this job but it was like physically like my hair was gone like, <laughs> oh, no. like I had like patches and then like bruises and like and mind you, like, I had still yet to deal with all of the trauma, like, inside. I was still, up until this point, faking it till I made it. But I had started drinking so heavily. Like, I drank, honestly, every single day after I got home. And then when me and my coworkers would, like, go out on the weekends, we would go so hard. And we would get, like, there was a bar by us that it was two for one. 
So we would just be there for happy hour from 4 to 8 p.m. downing drinks, just one after the other after the other. And just, like, looking back at it, I was just so lost. And I just had no idea. Um, but so it kind of got to the point where my parents ended up getting sick. And it got to the point where everything just fell flat. Like, my life just came to a complete explosion. And so my parents ended up getting sick, um, like genuinely very sick. Like they both lost, almost lost their lives within like months of each other. And it was right around the time where all of my bruises were like at their worst. And then um, there's like one other thing that happened. I think it was my relationship. I think I had like, I had pushed my partner like so hard that like he was just like, I'm going to give you time to, like, cool off. And, like, he, like, wants to go stay with a friend. But, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, he left. Like, he's never coming back. Everybody leaves me. Like, this is what I deserve. Like, all of the things. And um, and I just hid. I, like, I didn't quit my job. I just stopped going to work. I stopped calling my parents. Like, mind you, they're in the hospital. Like, who does that? I, I did that. <laughs> um I like stopped talking to family, like I disappeared. The only thing I did do was take my dog out and feed him because like he's my life. Right? <laughs> there was there was just like my one dog at the time. So like so I took care of him, like because mm-hmm. he took care of me. But um but like I really kind of I hid and I cut off all social media and I really didn't leave my room for not even my room, like my closet like because that was my safe space I didn't leave for for months just I can't even tell you how long but but um but I don't know what it was one day I like woke up and there was just something about that day where I like looked at my dog and I was like okay the bills do not care that I am going through life right now. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. My dog had no more food, and I had no money. There was something that, like, he had no more food. We had, like, finished the last of the bag, and I was like, I was like, okay. Like, I need to, like, get my life together so I can buy my dog food. And so I went on Craigslist literally that same day and applied to jobs that I saw and the very first one that got back to me was a cannabis delivery driver and so up until this point I smoked socially so I smoked in social situations and like at parties and things like that like Mm -hmm. in college every so often but but like I didn't really like to me like they're still stoners like people are still potheads like I'm not trying to do that with my life like there was still like that stigma in my mind I still believed it and so, and so whatever, like, they, he was the first one that called, so it was a job, and, um, and honestly, the money was pretty good for what I needed, like, it was, like, $700 every, like, 10 days or something, so, so, like, I could buy my dog food with that, like, yeah. I could pay my rent, like, um, so I did it, and then I was really expecting to, like, deliver to a bunch of college kids, like, all the time, and just really be a be a plug like that's that's what I thought I was getting myself into um and I had my dog looks like a wolf so like and he's pretty big so like I wasn't scared to Mm -hmm. to like deliver um 
You took him on the yeah, yes. I love that. I love yeah. that. I took him everywhere. Um, but so it ended up that I really didn't deliver to that many college students. Maybe like I delivered twice, but everyone I delivered to were were like actual older patients. Um, so at first they were really a lot of medical patients. So people who had cancer, people who had um, different types of back pains or people who were trying to get off of their prescribed medications. Um, and that was crazy to me. I, I mean, not crazy because like, I also knew the medicinal effects, but it was, I just didn't know how deep they went, like how, because these were huge, um, ailments that they were helping with. And I was like, what the heck? Like, okay. Like, <laughs> so there's a little something more to it. Um, and then after that, I ended up getting patients who were like, who worked for the school district. They were teachers and they were like, um, they were like higher ups. Uh, I can't even remember, but they worked for the school district and like, they would talk to me all the time about their students and like, they were just a different type of consumer than I was used to. Like, I was just like, wait, like you, like, this is cool with you? Like, yeah, like responsible oh, professionals yeah, yeah, do this? Like, that's, yeah. that's cool. Like, <laughs> and so, and then I started getting just like, really just normal everyday people, which is what is normal everyday people, right? But yeah. that's what, that's what it felt like. I had that stigma in my mind, but working this specific job, like as a delivery driver, I was like, there is no stereotype, like absolutely none everybody uses this like it is it it is just mind-blowing to me and so that's really where like I feel like my passion kind of started for it and I started researching it more and stuff like that and then and then I realized it helped with anxiety and like night terrors and I was like oh my gosh what like and it was just it was a huge game changer for me and so then I started using it intentionally I started researching like what um, strains worked best for you putting you to sleep and so you didn't wake up again what strains worked for um, calming you down like in social situations or what strains worked honestly for like me just trying to get out of that trauma headspace of just replaying things over and over and over again like I, I had to learn I had to research I had to try different things and some strains and so one thing for me particularly, when some strains did increase my anxiety versus like lowering it. So it was, it was a little rough, especially because I had not really dived deep into like my trauma yet at this point. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, this is to help me go to sleep. Um, but uh, so I feel like that was maybe the hardest part of my experimenting and stuff like that. But Cannabis was kind of like as if I were to ever explain it as a gateway drug, cannabis was like my gateway drug to spirituality. Like it helped me. I don't even know how to say that. Like it helped calm me, calm me enough to where I could hear my own thoughts and not the thoughts of every bad thing that ever happened to me or every negative thing that everyone's ever said to me that like I internalized because that is exactly like what I had done for so long. And so this just, it was clear. It was like, like the fog just cleared and I 
I've been in love ever since, honestly. Like That's beautiful. <laughs> like, that's, that's like, literally bringing me to tears right now. I mean, like, that is something that I feel like there's so many people out there who may never find that, may never f- be able to have that experience in their life, to be able, I mean, the, the way you said it, to that you found a space where you were able to just hear your own thoughts, that is something that I think a lot of people aren't really conscious of. You know, on a day-to-day basis, we are subjected to so much all the time, whether it be, yeah, I mean, and that might be, you know, the opinions of like your family members or your friends or your partner, but it also is advertisements and magazines and music videos Mm -hmm. and and people on the street like total strangers it's just all of these things that you're constantly seeing god forbid social media like we don't let's not even talk about that you know but like i feel like there is a lot of anxiety that does center around this struggle of not knowing what voice in your head is actually yours you know it's like i i think that there's a lot of times when people say like oh i have you know, like my inner voice is, is really mean, like my inner mean girl. And I've, I've tried to go through this process of saying like, but is that really your voice? Mm-hmm. Or is that something else that's just gotten stuck in there that you haven't been able to let go of yet, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing where it's like for you to be able to come from so much struggle and, and a place of, of turmoil where you couldn't see the light, but mm-hmm. then were able to, to say like, I know who I like, I can't like that's amazing that's incredible I mean I'm I'm just I'm so happy that you were able to find that for yourself because I think that that's something that everyone deserves but it is a lot of people a lot more people than I think we realize go through really terrible things Mm -hmm. and it's different every time but we all deal with our own struggles we've all got our own story yeah and there's too many of us who have no idea who we are, who have no no idea who we want to be, no idea how to live a life that is aligned with what Mm -hmm. we want to be and who, what we want to do and how we want to affect others. Like it's, it's incredible. And that's the thing where it's like, there's stories like yours that are out there that aren't being talked about because of the stigmas and because of these stories that people have, have, have just, created around this plant Mm -hmm. because they're hoping that you know their high school student will hopefully graduate if they tell them those things or you know I was like my little sister goes to Humboldt State so I get it you know um and you know it's like and I love my parents dearly because they have like they have opened themselves up to the possibilities of what this could mean Mm -hmm. and they don't understand it all for sure I don't understand it all My sister doesn't understand it all. She's 21. She goes to Humboldt. I'm pretty sure she understands how to use this product in a couple of different ways, you know. But to say that, like, everyone can be on this journey of exploration and we don't have to judge each other for that. Like, if someone's going to open up and talk about their struggles, you wouldn't subject them to ridicule and shame if they're going to share those things with you. So why do we do that? Talking to people who are trying to use this plant to help those, mm-hmm. you know, those struggles to help pull themselves out of these places. Yeah. So like, I mean, like you're, you sharing it, you talking about it, you going and spreading this vision of yours. Like, it's incredible. It really is. Like, I'm so grateful for it because I truly believe that the work that you do and the community that you will build, not that you might build, but that you will build, like it will 
you know, it might not change the world. It might not legalize cannabis yeah. federally. It, it, you know, it might not do all of those crazy things, but I feel like you are truly able and so capable of changing people's lives through this other perspective, like, and this truly like heartfelt perspective. And like, I could fangirl over you all day. Like, <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. It is. You have no idea how much that means, honestly. Like, I love you so much. <laughs> I was like, you're such an inspiration to me. Like, so that means that means more than you can possibly know. Oh, like, honestly, you. I feel the same way about you. That's why you're here. <laughs> oh my. All right, well, so, like, I could fangirl over you all day, and people are going to be sitting in their cars listening to this, rolling their eyes or something, or, like, or hopefully they're not, and they're just like, yes, yes, like, they're feeling it. But either way, let's let's talk about where you are now and what all is happening and all of the good that seems to be happening in your life now and, like, and where you are on Instagram. And not that that has a huge significance, but I do feel like you have been able, you have started to express yourself in a way that seems so genuine and coming from such a positive, you know, light-filled space. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, so I want to hear about that. Like, let's hear... Let's hear about all of the good, too. Um, Yeah, so I I currently live in Oceanside, like, with my partner. Um, We're doing amazing. Um, We have two dogs, two huskies, Mm -hmm. at Cola underscore Lilo, if you want to follow them on Instagram. (laughs) Love it. Shameless plug. Well, it's not your shameless plug. It's theirs, right? So it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Just supporting. Just going and putting the support out there. Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, and so I work as a brand ambassador for different companies um and so I basically like to represent women-owned companies or people of color owned companies um like I said earlier that's like my niche uh I also remind me of the question we're in that right oh now. yeah yeah just <laughs> like yeah just like kind of talking about like the good that is happening right now yeah, and okay. like kind of where you're where you're going from here yeah okay perfect sorry no 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 no, it's all right I mean like I feel like if we lose track because we're so excited about other things that's a good thing it's a good problem (laughs) but yeah so I currently right now I'm doing like a lot of networking so I attend a lot of events I would say networking and learning I attend a lot of events so I can um, meet different kinds of brands and different kinds of companies but also to learn about different brands and companies and If they are companies that I'm familiar with and I've seen their marketing, then I try to ask questions like, why don't you have more people of color in your marketing? And so just not necessarily to be like a pain in the butt, but like, so they start thinking about those. Yeah, just to be aware. Yeah, exactly. And so like nine times out of 10, like most of them like kind of look at me like sideways and they're just like, I've never thought about that. And then they're like, huh, I'm going to find out. And so like, that's, that's enough for me, like just for that part. Um, I also really like attending the events to network and meet new people. I've made a lot of really amazing connections, um, not just with like, well, yeah, they do consume, but like uh, spiritual connections. I feel like people who I never would have met if not for these events. And I like see them like every so often, but as soon as I see them, it's like my heart lights up mm-hmm. and I feel like theirs does too. It's almost like that instant connection. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like you're yeah, here. My people. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I'm doing a lot of that. Um, but I'm trying to be not necessarily wary about it, but I'm trying to be, um, intentional. Like I want to 
also be like like it be like a mutual exchange of energy mm-hmm. um so i want to make sure that like i'm supporting as much as like they're supporting like and i want to promote like brands like if i can um and so that's kind of where i am right now so like i really kind of talk to like a lot of different business people and they're teaching me how to like create my own business so if or not if when I am ready mm-hmm. to do that, um, I, I have not necessarily connections, but I have like mentors. Like I have people yeah. who are like, absolutely, like I will help you. Like, yeah, because we need those people in our lives. Yeah, like exactly. we need those cheerleaders being like, no, 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 you got this. Keep going. Yeah. Because yeah, there are yeah. days that. Yeah, or sometimes <laughs> my not voice is louder than my actual voice. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. And, um, and so I'm starting a book club also. And so, yeah, like I want it to be it's going to be like a spiritual and personal growth book club, but it is cannabis friendly because I want this to be um, like a smaller, more intimate version of me starting to learn how to educate people who Mm -hmm. are curious about cannabis. Um, I wanted to start with an event, but I know myself and I keep putting it off because it's too big and my excuse is it's too big. So I'm doing a book club because it's a little more intimate, but it's still something. And I love reading. Like, I love books. Yeah. So, so it's um, perfectly aligned. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's something that I can't talk myself out of. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. that's what I'm doing starting next month. And, um, and, yeah, I feel like that's really kind of, it's really just me. I don't want to say just figuring it out, but. But kind Honestly, of, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what it is. Yeah. No, and I love that. I mean, I love that. I love that you found the space that you can not only acknowledge the things that you've gone through and deal with them, heal from them, process them, whatever it may be, in whatever way that you need to, but that you can also now look forward and you can now see hope. And you can find perspective. I mean, because I do, I, I'm so right there with you in, like, the whole events thing of, like, I'm going to do an event. And then you're like, oh, that's scary. I'm going to do I'm gonna do a little event. And then it's like, okay, that's still scary. Never mind. We're going to do a book club. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, like, because, but there's no shame in that. And that's the thing where it's, like, I love that what you're doing and what you're going through is, like, for me, it very much sounds like this process of dealing with, like, this shame that comes from so many different places in our life and from different people, from different voices, and getting to a place where you can say, like, you know what, I don't need that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I've gone through what I've gone through, and I have my story, and I own it, and I'm healing, and I am figuring it out, and that's not a bad thing, because I would implore anyone on this planet to raise their hand and raise it high if they can say oh I've got it all figured out (laughs) because bravo bravo to you but I'm pretty sure that that person doesn't exist and I think that a lot of times there is this pressure especially with social media like with influencers I mean you know this that this pressure to be perfect, this pressure to to always like have your outfit on point and always to like have the right things to say and always, you know, have the right people behind you. And mm-hmm. when one of those things is out of alignment, it's just it it, it feels like it's all gonna come crashing down yeah, on you. Does. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think that we don't talk about that enough where it's like, it's okay. It is okay that we don't have it all figured out. And we don't I feel like we need to stop looking at each other with these insanely high expectations yeah. of like, no, you should have it all figured out. Like, if I'm going to work with you, you have to know it yeah. all, even though I know nothing. Like, it's like, well, but the, what? 
how is that? Yeah, like, that's not fair. And life is not fair, but, like, we don't have to make it worse. Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on. Absolutely. Why complicate it more? Yes. I did that enough in my head. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need you doing it for me. I'm good. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love all of this. That's, I mean, it's inspiring for me to hear all of this from you because, again, like, I have my own story, too, and I know that everyone does. And to to know that someone like you can come from that place and feeling the way you did to get to where you are now and to also be able to talk about it in a very genuine, heartfelt, truthful kind of way, whether it has all the nitty-gritty details or not. Like, you are sharing this story that you have been dealt And you are making the best of it. The fact that you have taken so much struggle and so much pain and you have made it such a beautiful, light-filled space is incredible. It is a magical thing and you don't give yourself enough credit for it and I know it. Um, It really is. It's incredible. And so thank you. Thank you for for sharing. Um, It's like I'm knowing that we're, you know, we're hitting our hour mark. So I would love to hear one... First and foremost, if you had, if you had, if you knew that there was a group of people listening right now who were curious, but might feel that shame or might feel that pressure or might feel, you know, the family that's not going to like it or is going to, you know, they feel like all of their friends are going to neglect them if they come out with this. Like, what would be your one piece of advice for them as far as how to approach any of this and how to kind of process this in as healthy and as positive as possible. Honestly, it would probably be to have a genuine conversation with yourself. I know that sounds really weird, but um, I feel like, like humans tend to ask themselves a question and go with the first answer that pops into their mind. But nine times out of ten, it's not your voice. Like, it's not your actual genuine answer. Um, and I would say to make the jump and do something that scares you. That's one thing that I've, that, that I've been trying to live by. Um, because what scares you helps you grow. And so... I'm not saying go jump off a cliff or anything. Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. be intentional about like, yes. what scares you, but... But ask yourself why it scares you. Like, is this something that is going to help you grow? Or is this, like, are you just, are you running from it? Mm-hmm. And you know the answer. Like, yeah. and just, I would say to make that judgment. Because regardless of what, like, you decide to do, as long as you or you are okay with your decision, nothing else matters. And that is, I feel like, what I wish somebody would have told me. That's, I mean... And I have to take a second to say, like, there's so much strength in that. I know that we have talked about, like, how you have gone through things and felt like you had no power. But there is so much power and courage and bravery in that to be able to say, this is how I truly feel. This is what I truly believe. And this is the life I'm going to live. Not like, not going to go live my hashtag best life. Like, no, I'm going to do me. Like, I really am going to go live my truth. Yeah. Like, that's. You have to, like, because I, I feel like, like we talked about earlier, like everybody is so obsessed with like what we see or like what we intake every day and trying to live up to everyone else's standards that 
like we kill ourselves over it. Like we genuinely do. Like we make ourselves unhappy. And I've, I've just gotten to that point in my life where I'm like, why? Like, yeah. Like what's the point? Why, like, why am I doing this to like, myself? Why am I bending over backwards for everybody except for me? Like mm-hmm. that makes no sense. So, so that's what I would say. Like do you like do something that's here to you and, I wish somebody told me that when I was young too. (laughs) I swear. I mean, I guess we all have to go through this though. We've got to find that. Yeah. I mean, cause like, if we're all going to be honest, like I probably wasn't exactly the most um, willing to hear other people's advice when I was young either. So yeah. I mean, like try to tell my 15 year old self, like just listen to your inner voice. I'd be like, okay, great. I'll see you later. You know, it's like, be like move. Hold, hold on, hold on. Maybe we got to talk about what you want to do first. My inner voice had to sneak out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perspective. But, but still like, I love that, that you've been able to go on this journey and share it because it really is like, it is an, a truly inspiring thing. And I cannot wait for people to hear this because whether or not it changes anyone's mind about the use of cannabis or what the plant is or whether or not it's a gateway drug or whether or not it's going to ruin everyone's lives or anything like that. I hope that if there is one person out there that's listening to this who is going through that process and is has that that voice of self-shame mm-hmm. that can maybe just break that that traumatic process and just have a moment to to hear their own voice that would be a magical thing absolutely and and that is you that is you putting your magic out there into the world so thank you for that yes thank you so on that note so grateful for everything that you've shared and I'm grateful for you oh thank you thank you thank you for giving space and thank you for listening as always thank you for always listening yes no this is i live for this this is this is my magic like i just want to sit here and listen to you all day (laughs) and i'm sure that i'll have you back for the podcast for another podcast episode because i'm sure that there will be new things to talk about but i'm so glad that you were able to come today and to share these things and I would love to hear from you. Like, how can I, how can this community support you? Where do we find you? What do you need from us? Gotcha. Do all of the shameless plugs. <laughs> all of it. Yes. Um, uh, you can find me, honestly, I am on Instagram and Twitter as Ivory, at Ivory Ono Amp. So it's I-V-O-R-E-E-A-N-O-A-M-P. And if anything, I love support and I love, um, what's the word? I love, if you have questions, um, please let me know. I love ideas. Like I love collaborations. Like if anything piqued your interest, totally let me know. Like, um, I love networking and I love building the North County community. So Mm -hmm. if, anyone's interested in any of that like <laughs> also cannabis like yeah, yeah, yeah. that too <laughs> like, also if you're interested in getting into the cannabis industry um let me know i have um, some connections that will help so yeah that's also awesome. thank you thank you i love that your shameless plug is also helping other people and <laughs> like it's beautiful um, and I would also like to, to tell people out there for Support SD Local that if this is a topic that you are curious about and that you are 
you know, wanting that support, you can also reach out to me. Support SD Local is a space for people to be supported. There is no judgment. There is no shame. And there is nothing that you could tell me that would make you make me think differently of you. So I think that both Ivory and myself um, hope to be people and platforms that people can feel safe coming to. Mm -hmm. And if you for some reason can't find her and you would like to, please reach out to me. Go to supportfclocal.com, any of those things, and we will connect you and we will find those resources for you so that you can find the same kind of peace and this same kind of healthy space that Ivory has been able to. So on that note, again, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you are and thank you so much for sharing it with all of us. You are beautiful. Thank you. So friends, I know that this topic may have made some of you a little uncomfortable, but I hope that everyone was able to hear the love and passion that Ivory has for healing and support. Ivory's work is right on the cutting edge of the cannabis community, and I'm so excited to see and be a part of her growth and progress in breaking down these stigmas and sharing her wealth of knowledge. As always, Thank you so much for tuning in, showing up, and supporting this incredible community of San Diego. If you'd like to learn more about Support SD Local or how we can work together, please check out supportsdlocal.com and come find Support SD Local on Instagram. Until our next episode, thank you for sharing this time with me, and I look forward to supporting your heart for community and love for all things local.